Hi, welcome to another episode of Inside Golden State Politics. I'm Bill Boyarski, former city editor and columnist for the uh, Los Angeles Times. And I'm Sherry Bebich Jeffy, self-styled media maven and retired professor of public policy communication at USC, coming to you from my jerry-rigged cone of silence. I am so exhausted from all of the screaming going around while the, the virus, the pandemic, is careening out of control. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I, I'm guilty too. I think my TV must be feeling intensely abused. Um, okay, Bill, I have vented. Over well, Sherry, well, Sherry, congratulations to you. You found enough energy to get a new car. Yes. And, and we're, all, we're all pleased about that. The high point of my quarantine. <laughs> uh, Sherry, this has been a very rough week for Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, he has had to uh, reverse himself on his uh, uh, coronavirus policies, closing down the state. Meanwhile, the totals keep rising oh. at a really frightening, frightening level. What do you think of uh, how he's doing and, and, and well, what should he be doing better? I think it's a little bit too late to say what should he be doing better. Here's what I think the problem has been. Early on, we were the wonder child. We did everything right in terms of beginning to rein in the, the coronavirus. Uh, and he did it from the top. But you know, we had the first stay-at-home order in, of any state in this nation. As things wore on, people started getting grumpy, as I am grumpy. People started not to listen to what he was saying about what they should be doing. He started getting a whole lot, I think, of political pressure from business groups who wanted to open up the economy, from church groups who didn't like the fact that they couldn't have their congregations on site, from Californians, many of whom never like anything Anyway, and he began to shift responsibility and authority down to the local level. Now, you tell me, it's hard enough doing it if you're shifting responsibility down to a county level. But even local towns and cities assumed the responsibility, and there were a myriad of different policy decisions being made. You know, when I just want to point out that you can't do that. The, the virus doesn't respect borders. The only borders that have a chance of sublimating that virus a little bit are the national borders. This is crazy. You know, I've been uh, watching them uh, the past few days, and... Um, uh, he, he looks like a man who uh, wants to be liked too much. Oh, uh, 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 in the middle a man, of a pandemic? <laughs> a, man, a man who's, uh, you know, afraid to make uh, enemies. 
And you know what what you're dealing here with here in California is, as they say, as the old cliche goes, a nation state, and it's a collection of a lot of small states and small counties, uh, ranging from the very conservative to the to the more liberal San Francisco and 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 Los Angeles, and you know it's hard to get them all on the same page. Um, what he should have done, I think. Uh, is right from the beginning. He he was on the right track. He he came through strong and tough and said, "This is what we're going to do." Um, then, uh, as you point out, uh, political pressure and inner failings on his part. Uh, he started he started uh, 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 to back down and to um, open the doors. It fairly disastrous. Uh, Memorial Day opening uh, cleared the way for a lot of beach parties, family reunions, and and events. This was combined with the uh, with the protests uh, uh, that 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 took to the took to the streets, and it it all came up to this incredible uh, rise in uh, in 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 cases. Uh, it's it's really it's really scary now. What should he have done? I think he should have started right off. He started off tough. He had a. He should have remained tough and rise and fall on that. Well, I assume by tough you mean he should have kept the authority and responsibility at the gubernatorial, at the state level, and yeah, to some extent that is really right. It's too late. The horse is out of the barn. Nobody is going to give up the authority that's trickled down to the local level. It's almost impossible. And let's remember, he's not alone in this. Other governors made the same mistake. We made it a little later than several of the other states that are now hot spots. So it's not that he was blind to the whole thing. It's that that he's a politician. He was feeling the same pressures as everybody else did. And he finally moved one point, and then I'll hand it back to you. The more I look at it, the more I think about it, you see one politician, Gavin Newsom, who started out as the prince in terms of doing things right with regard to the pandemic and is now being criticized and is now seeing everything go wrong. You have another politician, Donald Trump, who did not start out as a prince with regard to the pandemic. He started out on his left foot and stumbled, and he's stumbling even more now. But I think each man, each politician is intrinsically connected to their responses to the the pandemic with regard to their political career. And neither of them is getting a gold star these days. Well, I think that uh, what we have to watch in the next uh, few days is that, uh, is that Newsom has uh, closed down 19 counties in uh, California. Not totally. Uh, well, quite a bit. Uh, he's closed down uh, bars and wine bars and 
uh, museums and just about every every kind of public you public thing and he's empowered uh, the uh, about five or six public agencies including the alcoholic beverage control and 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 a few others to go into these um, establishments and uh, close them down or penalize them if they're not following uh, the, the state the state rules and he's finally uh, done one other thing he's going to withhold state money from counties who don't obey him now uh, he's got this he's got this way about him you know trying as I said trying to be uh, hail fellow well met most popular guy in San Francisco kind of personality but if he does what he says uh, there'll be uh, hell to pay for him and uh, it might very well uh, lower the rates and so will the impact on Trump in some of the states that he felt pretty sure of carrying. I'm thinking of Florida where he's now running behind and where the governor was his um, you know blind toady doing everything he said and uh, and now uh, you know now the rates are going way way up in Florida uh, and uh, even the beaches there look a little deserted. Uh, and the other, uh, and the other one, which is very crucial to him, is Arizona. Rates, the rates in Arizona are going way, way, yep. way up. If he doesn't win uh, uh, Arizona and uh, he doesn't win uh, Florida, he might as well kiss this whole thing goodbye. It will be very tough. It's fairly tough for him today to put together an electoral college win, let alone a, a popular vote win. But again, remember that um, the election is still about four months away. And remember that we talked about those X factors, which included the pandemic, which included his responses to issues like the pandemic, like the Russian, uh, quote, plot, end quote, if you will. Uh, but I don't see what I am seeing is his inability at this point in time to climb that mountain. You know, I was uh, tremendously moved uh, uh, when I, I saw uh, the mother of one of the, there were three uh, soldiers who were uh, killed by uh, mm -hmm. bombs, uh, Taliban bombs, and uh, and who may well have been part of the a Russian bounty hunting scheme. When I saw her on television, and then I read what another parent said, how um, well, how terrible it is to lose a child, uh, but um, that they hadn't heard from uh, anyone in the government. Uh, can you believe? Uh, can you believe if this had happened? It wouldn't have happened under. But under George Bush or or uh, Obama or their predecessors, if they wouldn't Obama. have been on the phone, if they wouldn't have visited them, if they wouldn't have given them and the nation, you know, words of comfort, it is this guy is so uh, self-centered and cruel that it's very hard to believe. Bill, though, you know, I, I don't want to 
defend it, but I don't think at this point in time there's a direct connection. We can certainly assume there's a connection, but there really hasn't been a proven, evidenced direct connection between the bounty plot and the uh, the death of these three soldiers. Now, I, I can imagine uh, Trump, who doesn't know what the hell to do to, to reach out to anybody anyway, or the um, geniuses around him. I don't, uh, now that all the generals and everybody who might know what to do in a case like this are gone, would know, which they would probably say, we're not going to say anything and we shouldn't say anything. We should not admit to anything that hasn't been proven. And this is just another indication of the lack of experience and institutional knowledge in the White House. From well, I think you're being too down. kind. Um, I think we. I. I, I always. Think we, I think I we have to. I think we have that. to go back to the uh, long-standing uh, relationship uh, between the president uh, and Putin. Uh, from the very start, uh, he has uh, been uh, unwilling to attack Putin. Not only that, but he's been uh, determined to defend him uh, in ways big and small, uh, no matter what what the Allies think. Uh, he's he's been you know so pro Putin, and and here is something that I think another president would have said. I'm going to look into this. My intelligence, I've got some intelligence, I've got intelligence on this. Now, I get a lot of intelligence and it's, it's never clear cut. But there's enough here for me to uh, want to look into it. We're going to look into it. I'm going to pursue it uh, with the Russians. Uh, I'm going to uh, see if I can trace the money that uh, they uh, supposedly uh, paid off the Taliban. I'm going to trace the money. I'm going to get help from our allies. We are going to make a full court press to get to the bottom of this thing because I don't know how many American soldiers were killed, but if any were, I want to know about it. I want to find out. Did we? We haven't heard that. No, we haven't, and I'm not going to defend him for that, except that I do believe that whether it's purposeful, being done out of fear, or because they don't know what the hell to do about it, uh, they think they don't have to address it until there is a connection. And they're praying, I would think, that they, there will not be an obvious connection. And where I think they're getting it wrong is it... A, it is a part of what is being perceived as a pattern of behavior, and it doesn't help. No. It uh, doesn't help. No, you know, we both of us have, uh, have uh, been uh, skeptical of the polling, or at least not skeptical, but we've been questioning of it. Well, no, I, mean, I just know what's wrong with it and what's right with it, and I don't take it as the be-all and the end-all, particularly four but months But at this time, with just four months before the election, it certainly doesn't look good for Trump, and it may have it may it may have some connection to uh, uh, his uh, unhinged behavior. Uh, 
It may be it may be what's uh, what's uh, what's what's driving him on. There was another thing that happened this week that's really going to be important. Uh, although it's not going to be a headline mover like uh, you know like uh, the coronavirus is and should be, or like the uh, Russian plot is and should be. But that's the uh, the decision of uh, two decisions by the. Uh, Roberts Court, uh, which have lasting implications uh, and makes it real hard to figure out this court. Well, I, I know what you're discussing at this point in time, uh, both the abortion ruling and uh, the ruling that would allow uh, state tax credits for privately uh, privately funded scholarships, givers of privately funded scholarships, mostly to religious schools. And you had um, Chief Justice John Roberts giving, you go for the second time to the liberal wing of the Supreme Court. He was actually one of six votes on the abortion ruling, I believe. He was Am the I fifth right? vote. And he was one of fifth vote and was also a, a member of the majority on uh, was against the liberal vote on the scholarship case he's he, you know the conservatives who who believed trump that this was a conservative court because he put two not roberts but two justices on the court are a little pissed excuse me because it didn't look like a conservative court. And then Roberts turned around and voted. Well, you know, I, I think the um, abortion case, uh, well, it's easier to understand, but it's also more clear cut, may have been more important. You know, under the abortion, under the, the Louisiana law, a doctor who was not, didn't have admitting privileges, to a hospital uh, could not perform an abortion. Uh, I believe that would have reduced it to one doctor in the entire state of Louisiana who, and one clinic who could uh, perform an abortion. Now, um, Justice Roberts uh, agreed with the majority. He was the fifth vote. Uh, he concurred, but he was, but he was the fifth vote uh, to um, overturn this law. Now, his Reasoning, however, was a little, wasn't as clear cut as uh, some pro-choice people would have liked because he said that a previous ruling yes. four or five years ago in a Texas case had already decided this and he wasn't going to, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't going to change that. What do, we, what do they call that, Sherry? And what does that mean? Very decisive. The president. The precedent stands. It's settled law. And as you may recall, when uh, now Justice Kavanaugh had his hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee, he was asked about Roe v. Wade, which is the quintessential choice decision. And he said, Roe v. Wade is settled law. Well, no. it didn't last long. He was one of the four votes. Settled law. <laughs> because well, uh, exactly. So that was a that was a that is going to anger a lot of a lot of um, 
the uh, of anti-abortion uh, conservatives. The other, the other decision uh, is more complicated for me, and I. Uh, it's whether the state of Montana can uh, provide funds to and and in a tax credit to a religious a tax school. Credit. Uh, religious schools. A good number of the uh, private schools in Montana are religious schools, and uh, uh, and and the uh, the state said it could. The Supreme Court, with uh, Justice Roberts casting the fifth vote, agreed that the, that the state could give a tax credit to. A uh, religious school. It did not violate our doctrine of the separation of church and state. So that was sort of he goes one way on one and one way on another. Hard to figure out this court. It's a matter of precedent. He is very strongly uh, when there is precedent, he very strongly follows it. Now the uh, the Montana case, the scholarship case, he argued it was a matter of religious freedom, which is guaranteed in the Constitution. So that gave him his reason to be able to uphold the tax credit to a private, to religious institution. I mean, I understand what's going on, and he did have wiggle room, I think. I'm not an attorney. and. <laughs> I don't even play one on TV. Well, but you know, the looking I, back, though, it was also uh, Justice Roberts on different grounds who upheld and saved Obamacare, right? That's true. That is true. And he has been um, pretty good on uh, gay rights every now and then, too. I mean, he... He believes in the letter of the law. He believes in what the words of the Constitution, of the judicial decisions. Well, looking at it uh, from say. sort of a broad picture, I guess it shows what a lot of presidents have found to be true. Uh, you appoint somebody to the Supreme Court, <laughs> you don't get a lifetime guarantee that uh, they're going to vote on your side all the time. You're exactly right. Ask Ronald Reagan. I can go through several others, too, who did everything, you should excuse the pun, right in vetting their nominees. But it's a lifetime appointment, yeah. and it depends on the individual. But up until now, the litmus test hasn't been as rigorous, I think, as it is now. And somebody once said to me, whose wife was a very active democratic leader and who, who had, and he had been appointed to the court. He said, no, my wife's political beliefs don't influence me. When I put on that black robe, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Well, bullpucky. However, there are those who try to be as straight as they possibly can in terms of You know, there was one case that uh, was uh, really uh, back in history. It was uh, President Eisenhower's appointment of uh, Earl Warren, uh, 
the former governor of California uh, mm -hmm. to the Supreme Court. Um, Eisenhower was a complex man. You know, he he uh, he sent in the troops to uh, um, desegregate uh, uh, Little Rock High School in in, in Arkansas, and uh, but. Uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, which integrated the public schools around the country, may have been a little too much for him. And Warren, uh, Warren as Chief Justice, uh, cobbled together a nine-vote majority, right? And to uh, for Brown versus Board of Education, which desegregated American schools, and it was probably one of the most um, important. Uh, decisions in Supreme Court history. Now, how would, how would Eisenhower have known that? How would Eisenhower have known that one of the things that, uh, one of the points that always bothered Warren, made him feel guilty, was the fact that when uh, he, that he favored the uh, putting uh, Japanese Americans in prison camps during World War II. And he f always felt that this was one of the great, great mistakes of his life. And while, I'm, while he believed in Brown versus Board of Education, perhaps that terrible mistake he made as a younger man had something to do with, uh, with, with his deciding. So you never know when you appoint these guys to the these women and these men to the Supreme Court, you don't know what you're going to get. And the irony of it is, of course, that the conservatives thought he'd be great because he did inter the Japanese Americans in these internment camps. That was a cool conservative move. And that was part of the litmus test, which, you know, here, the lesson in all of this, Bill, it's something that I've been looking at for a long time. And you can see it with regard to Newsom and the flip on the coronavirus. You can see it with regard to Roberts, with his toing and froing on various rulings. There is the impact of the individual on policy, and there is the impact of the policy and the politics on the individual. Uh, that's what makes life here, politics here, government here, so fascinating and so frustrating. And that's one of the reasons we are having so much trouble with regard to the coronavirus. The flipping and the flopping and the confusion. But that is a part of policymaking. And that is a part of political dealing in America. And the reason we're having so much fun uh, doing this <laughs> podcast I want to. I want. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank our producer, uh, director Nancy Boyarski, for her work. And uh, Sherry. Yes. Here's to you. We'll see you next week. Thank bye you. bye. Bye bye. Be safe. Be safe.